Hello and welcome back to Parallel Passion. Before we begin, I'd like to sincerely thank everyone who supported the show on Patreon. If you wish to join all the awesome patrons of the show, go to patreon.com slash or follow the link in the show notes. You'll not only be supporting this podcast, but you'll also receive a special supporter package. Today, I'm joined by Miriam Tosino. She used to be an architect, but then became a web developer. Soon, she was the one mentoring other people who wanted a career change. But these days, she's writing and illustrating stories for kids that want to know more about computers, technology, and the digital world. I don't want to spoil anything, so let's jump right into it. Hi, Miriam. Welcome to Parallel Passion. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. How are you, Miha? I'm I'm great. It's a sunny day here. It's uh, it's really nice. Like spring has come here, even though it's barely the end of the February. Oh, here in Spain, I'm in Spain right now, and actually we had like a very good week last few days, mm-hmm. but uh, now it's again raining, and so it's a great day for a podcast, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we start like with a, a quick introduction of like who you are and, and what do you do? Yeah. So uh, my name is Miriam and I write and illustrate the stories for kids about technology, computers and the digital world. Uh, back in college, I studied architecture and uh, I worked as an architect for some years. It was fun, but <laughs> um, at some point I started to date my husband. And uh, things started to change slowly. Uh, He's a video game programmer and he's very passionate about what he does, which made me extremely curious about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually we started to have discussions about programming and we would be talking about arrays, methods, classes, inheritance and all that over dinner, right? So uh, uh, at some point I was totally trapped and uh, finally decided to give it a try. <laughs> and uh, I think it was 2013, in summer, that I quit my job as an architect. And I started to follow many different courses online. And uh, after six months, uh, I got a job as a web developer in a digital agency. And uh, during some years, I worked as a programmer in different companies. And... Um, at some point, I had the opportunity to teach programming lessons as a part-time job and uh, to also other people that were considering a career switch. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, at some point, I ended up teaching full-time. And uh, I totally loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I loved sharing my ideas about coding and uh, the interaction with the students and uh, to see that they were actually being hired that was a great thing mm-hmm. and um, and very rewarding uh, to see the actual results of your job, right? Because sometimes you can miss that Yeah, yeah. Uh, with some... Uh, and um, until I got my baby and uh, I decided to leave work for a while and uh, now I'm spending more time with him. And uh, he was born two years ago and uh, around the same time I uh, started Zeros uh, Anona which are the main two characters of the stories that uh, I mentioned in the beginning. And uh, you could pretty much consider them my parallel passion at this <laughs> moment. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't even know where to start. Um, you were you an architect. Did you ever before that, like, were you ever exposed to, to computers, to code, to anything like that? Or was it just like once uh, you started dating and, and you were exposed to that? Like, Well, the thing is that... Um, I mean, I was exposed a little bit. I remember um, my neighbor, he had a friend, uh, Rodolfo, and uh, I don't think he's going to listen to this, but... <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You, you never, never know. know. You never know. And, uh, well, he was uh, giving us, um, like, do you remember these discs, like, from the 80s, mm-hmm. in which all these games from MS-DOS were... Yeah, late yeah. right and so he was actually uh building them right but uh you know it was rodolfo you know he was the one doing those games you know you were just the one playing them mm-hmm. and actually it didn't cross my mind when i was that little that that someone was doing that you know that you could be the one doing that mm-hmm. right i don't know like sometimes when we are and it was i mean there were other ages you know like uh, other years 
you know, like mm -hmm. 80s, 90s, still technology IT was not that much into our lives like it is today, you know? Yeah. And um, what I do now, right? Like writing these stories and there are several ideas that are driving the whole project. And I think one of them is actually the idea that I had about computers as a child, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, right? I guess it makes sense. Which is related to your question, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean... And the fact that I didn't go into computer science in the first place, but instead I studied architecture. Yeah. Right? Why architecture? Well, the thing is like back then, I think it's because the world of IT in a way looked very gray to me and very much black and white and even boring. And uh, my father, he really wanted me to do computer science, actually. Oh, okay. Or it was his proposal, you know, like it was like... Uh, so he was right all along. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, the things that, that I had the idea that, no, I want, I want to do something creative, something colorful that uh, would need my imagination. And at the same time, you would help, you would be helping people around you, you know, so architecture was a good fit. Right. Mm -hmm. But computers and I didn't think so. Yeah. And uh, nowadays I couldn't be more wrong. Miha. Mm. So it took me almost 30 years and luckily finding my husband on the way <laughs> <laughs> to discover that side of computer, which is creative, colorful and uh, and also to understand in a way that working with computers, it's all about helping people around me. The same could be said like for uh, for teaching. And like you mentioned before, you were involved with this uh, Codacer. Yeah. Or did, did you create this or how? what's the story behind that? I was working uh, at another company, Springers in Amsterdam. And uh, the founder of Codacer was my previous uh, CTO ah, okay. in that company. Mm -hmm. And uh, he left to create these uh, bootcamps. And I started to collaborate uh, since the very beginning. So I was part of the first batch of students, <laughs> and um, which was great to see it, you know, like growing from the very beginning. And, um, and then I was doing that part-time and then eventually I was really liking it more and more and more and more. And uh, both my mother and my father, they are uh, teachers. So I guess somehow, you know, it is what I saw my whole life teaching mm -hmm. <laughs> around me. Mm -hmm. And um, when I started to do it, it was like, I really liked it. And um, people say I do it also very good, right? So <laughs> uh, especially with coding, which is something that it's not that easy to, to teach, I think, because it's so abstract, and, How do you uh, go uh, around that? Like, what's the? I, I know the the boot camps are getting more and more popular now, but yes, what's your preferred way to teach someone how to code or how to get involved in in like IT? I'm actually pretty happy with the way in which I was doing it back then, because here's the thing: uh, I um, so I I taught myself how to code, mm -hmm. right? So I stayed at home day after day, following all those online courses from different websites, you mm -hmm. know. So I had, a, I had a very good baggage, if you could say, of all the teachers online, you know, mm -hmm. uh, teaching the subject. But um, so I could bring all that into my classes during the bootcamps. And I'm very, uh, I teach in a very unplugged way what, what do you mean by that i don't really like um especially in the beginning that students are too much in front of the computer but we talked about it you know mm -hmm. especially because in the boot camps it is 12 weeks a little bit less when we started it is um very little time what the students have right yeah. And uh, that is something that if you spend too much time in front of the computer, I don't think that you're actually, everyone is different, eh? For of course, but I've teached like several batches. So from looking at the experience of lots of my students, um, 
you need to talk a lot about code. And uh, so some students, they were even laughing, you know, because one of my, uh, one of the sentences that I would be saying more is like, okay, so close your laptops. <laughs> because suddenly you are just teaching there in front of the class, you know, and everyone is just looking at your laptop and then you are talking there explaining REST or MVC or, you know, whatever thing you're, and then everyone is just looking at the laptops and you are like, as a teacher, you are like, they are not listening to me. You know, mm. they are just fixing their code, you know? Yeah. And I was like, look, leave it. Your code is going to be broken in one hour. <laughs> leave it, <laughs> you know? So you can fix that later. It's not important. Yeah. It's like when, when you're giving a conference talk mm -hmm. and, uh, I think Ben Ornstein used to say that like um, when you're giving a con conference talk and if people are on laptops, you are competing for attention with the whole internet, which is impossible yes. to win, right? Yeah. And I'm guessing it's the same there. So you have to force them yeah, either to close laptop or like what Ben does is some, do some uh, actions where you have to stand up and then you actually have to put the laptop down, right? Oh, that's so, awesome. So at least in the beginning, the first couple of minutes, you have the attention. Yeah. Well, I always started talking with them in the morning, you know, like mm -hmm. also I was telling them a lot about, look, the most important thing in this bootcamp is that you're present, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and not look, not thinking about what happened yesterday and what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, because it's so intense that if you're just not there in every moment, you miss out, right? Yeah. And uh, yes, so... Um, Still, I think it's a very, it's not for everyone, Miha. Uh, coding or teaching? Doing a bootcamp. Oh, yeah. Bootcamp. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Following a bootcamp. Yeah. yeah. Or or just uh, like computer science in general. I don't think it's um, like everyone should know how to code. No. But I think that a lot of more people could that right now don't. Yeah, exactly. Especially like things like uh, computer automation, doing some stuff with, I don't know, macros or whatever is the mm -hmm. thing you're using. I think a lot of people could automate a lot of their lives if they would just know the basics. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Do you have any experience with teaching or? Um, just mentoring here and there, like Rails Girls events. And then uh, yeah. a couple of after events after that where we try to mentor. But it's... Um, it's hard when people lose attention or um, want the full attention and sometimes they want you to do their work. Um, yeah. Which is, is not great. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess in, in a form like bootcamp where it's more structured, then it's easier to do. Mm -hmm. But when, it, when it's like free for all, it's just, yeah, um, everyone's going to be a different person and you just can't help everyone. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I do like mentoring. Yeah. But it's, it is hard to take time and um, and to do it remotely, right? To do it or and like, to do it well. Yeah. Like the, the I think it's better than to not be a mentor than to do a, like a shitty job. <laughs> That's I think it's with everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you get to do something, you need to do it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what, what do you like most about teaching? Um, the storytelling. Mm. So, uh, um, and to see actually how you are, because the classes sometimes took a full day, right? And then you need to plan the, at least that's my way of planning the, planning a lesson, right? In which you kind of repetition, it's important. Mm -hmm. So you start with a story, you start saying like, what do you, what are we going to be learning today? you know, and why do you need that and why it is important. And then you give some context, you know, and then you see like, if you would, you know, translate a lesson into a graph, you know, you would see all these ups and downs, you know, in which you actually need to take into consideration when they are, when they are tired, you know, and then when you need to step back, you know, and then when do we move forward, like seeing the whole lesson in that kind of, you know, way mm -hmm. for me, it's very inspiring also to give a space for improvisation, right? And then at the end to wrap up and then see all the faces and how they are, how they are different than they were in the beginning of the class, you know, in the beginning of the day, you know? More tired, maybe? Maybe, <laughs> together with, <laughs> you know? But you, 
I don't know if the if the lesson was a good lesson, you know, and people really pick it up. And maybe it was Monday and it was not Friday, mm-hmm. uh, so they are a little bit more uh, awake. Um, seeing how they got it and they feel more confident about their skills, uh, I love that part of the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is yeah. this what inspired you to start working on this book series? Well, that's one thing. As I said, I think one of the one of the reasons is what I mentioned before. Like I didn't go into computer science, and you know, it's computers. I discovered later that they are really create. You know, it's a very creative job. It's a very colorful, you could say, and helping people, right? And then some days I even have the feeling that I write for that girl, you know, that little girl inside of me that didn't go into computer science, but uh, went into architecture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, also, I think there is another important thing that drives the project at the moment for me, and it's having a child. Uh, It is important for me the type of relationship that um, children are going to have with technology in today's world. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, I think, uh, other the other idea that it's driving the project at the moment. Yeah. Since you brought this up, I'm actually very curious. What do you think about um, where technology is going? Because the way I see it is all the devices are more and more just for consumption of content, not creation. There you go. Yeah. So do you think this will continue, like the trend will continue, or is there um, a savior coming, or um, how how do you like change the trend? I think um, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I was thinking about it these, uh, these days, um, while drawing, right, and while working on the, on the stories. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to believe that they are our savers. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, well, I, I really want them to see technology as a tool and not only use it as consumers. And, uh, wherever I see children around me right now to just looking at, oh, look at all these, you know, great videos, you know, of whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. something just moves around, uh, inside me, right? Saying like, oh, you could be really, doing so much cool stuff with this little tool that you have here. Not only, maybe you still keep watching all those videos that I don't know, you know, like I personally, you know, wouldn't like my children, uh, <laughs> my childhood. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, also, yeah, I think we should, as parents, or at least that's what I would like with my child, is to to show him that that you can actually... Uh, see technology as a creative tool, you know, mm-hmm. to create things and to make your life better and the others around you, right? Yeah. So, and eventually maybe they are the ones teaching us grown-ups uh, how to live in harmony <laughs> with <laughs> technology because it's even hard for us, right? Like, don't you have that? I don't know. Some days I'm like, oh, I don't want to look at technology anymore. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I started running. There you uh, go. I just I I need to disconnect. Although I take my phone with me, so <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what that says about me. <laughs> but have you tried running without phone? Uh yeah, sometimes. But um, you know, I I listen to a lot of podcasts. So <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. Like uh, yeah, it's uh, that's why for me yoga works better. <laughs> mm. Because it's really like an offline. Yeah, and there are there are um, people and like young artists uh, I see uh, pop up here and there. There's this girl that is making. She's really young. She's like eighteen or nineteen or whatever, and she made her entire career um, making songs on an iphone like it's just mm-hmm. on an iphone. So it's definitely uh, possible to do it. It's just I don't think. Enough people know that. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you put like GarageBand or something like that in front of a child, like they're gonna play around, and eventually something will came out probably mm-hmm. useful or, yeah. or anything like that, or just drawing or or yeah. I don't know. I think it is about exposing them, you know, to different things, you know. But talking with some parents, these uh, 
this week. Um, one of the, the parents are also very scared, you know, because mm -hmm. there is also this huge, um, there's a huge message of, you know, all the bad things happening on the internet and uh, with technology in general, you know, that parents are a little bit lost, you know. So, um Uh, I don't know if the stories, I, I want to believe that the stories that I'm um, working on uh, will help them a little bit, you know, because, well, I don't really, uh, so here's the thing. So we, we started to read books to our baby very little, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we found out that most of these books are about animals, right? Or dinosaurs or ghosts, you know, which is great. You know, like animals are cool and he loves them, right? But as soon as you close those books, there are screens everywhere and not only computers or laptops, but also phones, watches, tablets, and things like Alexa, right? Yeah. That our little one discovered <laughs> some <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> and he was like, what? What? <laughs> and, um, well, they live in a world in which most probably they will first talk to a computer than a ship. That's what I tell them right and in this world sure you can teach them how to code and how to program and how to in school right mm -hmm. but i think that as parents um we need to bring that aspect of life uh in conversation with our children right and parents just don't know how to do that you know How do you talk to your child about privacy? You know. Yeah, even parents don't understand that. So I, exactly, even parents cost. don't understand. Yeah, exactly. So it's very difficult, you know. And uh, I thought, how cool would it be? Not only you know, but for us thinking about our child, you know, talking with my husband about it. How cool it would be if we tell him stories happening inside a computer since he's very little, right? Mm -hmm. Together with those all the stories happening in a farm <laughs> because some people are like, but how are you going to teach binary numbers? And, and I'm like, it's not about teaching them binary numbers. You know, it's about introducing them to things happening inside a computer when mm -hmm. they are very little, you know, and then slowly they start picking up and connecting dots, mm -hmm. you know, that you are not even aware of, you know? And then one day you ask what's inside a computer. And they might say zeros and ones, zeros and ones. And maybe they don't even know what is a zero and what is a one. And, I don't think that's a problem with that, you know, mm -hmm. but slowly they are having this type of relationship with technology that I didn't have. Is this book uh, also a bit aimed at parents so that parents will understand what's going inside the computer? It is totally aimed for parents. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your undercover plan. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, at some point, yeah. How do you really, because for us, it's like uh, the, the story is Zeros Anona. They came up. You know, in the beginning, uh, when he was born, you know, the first months, we used to sit uh, in the sofa with him and mm -hmm. to watch our baby, because that's what you do when you have a baby. <laughs> and you watch him. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we are both in the tech world. And uh, we had, uh, we came across uh, some books about technology and how to teach kids about computer science and so on. And... We didn't have the tools, you know, like we said, look, we, 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 it's important for us, you know, coming from the tech, from tech, the, from the tech world, you know, mm -hmm. we don't even expose him to screens yet, you know, so we are very, we have a very strong opinion about, about it, right? But still, I believe that it's important that parents and kids, they talk about it, mm -hmm. not only in schools, but also And the thing is like, okay, so you read these stories to him happening inside, you know, the, the whole idea or what I have in mind. It's like, and then you read these stories and then you sit back, you know, and then you listen and you yeah. wait to see what happens, yeah, yeah. you know. And it's kind of an, it's an experience for us as parents as well, you know. And you want to do this like um, in, a, in a book format? Do you want to make it interactive? Like what's your, what's your plan? How do you want to do this? Well... I think I cannot help it to 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 do it unplugged, <laughs> if you could say. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, I want it to be books because uh, if you read to your baby since he's very little, he loves books at the moment, and he can uh, 
I cannot read him. There are some books that I said like, please don't, don't, don't pick that one again. <laughs> so so um, I think there is some, there is a magic, you know, that happens when you just, uh, you know, you you go to bed, you put the duvet on, you know, and then you sit there with your child and then you start talking, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's one hour, half an hour, 20 minutes. But uh, it's becoming one of the, fa- when one of our favorite moments in the, in the day, you know, mm-hmm. because it is also when you can see, uh, when you can reflect a little bit more about how much he's growing, you know, and things that he didn't do yesterday, you know, suddenly he picks that page, you know, and he's like, oh! and then you can really see the, the, the progress, you know, and how time flies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, and he, yeah, he's picking up more and more and more things. So know? is your son like a beta tester for this book? <laughs> oh, yes. And look, <laughs> you know, there was actually a point in which, because it's the main two characters are a zero and a one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, for me, it was important that they could be recognizable as a character in the page (laughs) (laughs) because they are not like people, right? Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. and then the day that I put him in front of them, you know, and then he could recognize each of them. And I was like, oh, yes, thank (laughs) you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I want to do physical books. Maybe they are like, you know, uh, a digital version, of course, yeah, yeah. but with some extras and so on. But uh, I I want to do it. Uh, and I talk about it with a friend that teaches uh, like uh, primary school students. And uh, yes, like, what do you think would happen to if a child hears about binary numbers while they are learning to count? Right. Mm. Or he hears about RGB codes hmm. while they are learning about colors, <laughs> you know, and then they're, it's not like a different thing, right? But they are all going together, you know, and then he hears about uh, pixels together with centimeters, you know? Yeah. What color is the sky? Zero, 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 FF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine today, today, I don't, I don't know, like that would be fun, right? Like, <laughs> I don't really know what to expect, you know, but only. What I feel is that reading those stories with him, you know, yeah. and seeing what he comes up with, like you said, you know, like what is the color of the sky um, and having that conversation with your child, you know, and integrating it into your life as not something separate. Oh, like it's going to be so much fun. Were you always illustrating things or is like this a skill that you picked up recently? Uh, how did you decide to start drawing for kids? So here's the thing. Um, he was born and he didn't sleep at all. <laughs> and uh, I was so tired for almost two years. We didn't sleep a night through. It was horrible. And uh, I couldn't code, you know. I tried to code again, you know. I tried to, to, to do some coding and, and I couldn't do it. And still he would nap, you know. And I really needed something to, um, to release my my anxiety or sleep didn't didn't work because uh, yeah he would sleep 20 minutes and then he would wake up and i don't know if you had like 20 minutes nap in which you don't fall asleep and then it's time to wake up and then you ah. yeah that's not uh doesn't sound healthy no 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 so uh i pick up drawing i think it was from my architecture times Mm -hmm. you know like i always liked drawing Mm -hmm. but uh, and I drew when I was a child, but it's also kind of, uh, I think it happened similar than with, uh, computer science that I didn't, I didn't know anyone in my surrounding that was an illustrator. So I didn't even know that it was possible to, it was a career in itself. Yeah. Right. So, uh, again, it was the eighties, nineties, so it's different. But, uh, and then, yeah, like, uh, during those naps, you know, while he was napping, I started drawing and, uh, slowly nap after nap, nap after nap, nap after nap. Um, so instead of sleeping, you, you were drawing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. Some people are like, but wouldn't you, ah, oh, the drawing was so relaxing in a way, you know? And it was like, yeah, somehow, uh, discovering the whole world, you know, 
and also the fact that I was doing it for him as well. And, uh, you know, that there was a motivation behind. Mm, I think it just touched that, uh, also that little girl inside of me, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, suddenly it was all, uh, it was all related and drawing, drawing felt the right thing to do. And since this is like a more technical show, yeah. what's your technique? Do you draw on paper? Do you use iPad? Do you have like a Wacom tablet? It is important for me that I'm doing the stories on an iPad mm-hmm. because I think it's part of the project, right? To to show she, to show children how you can actually uh, see technology as a creative tool. Mm-hmm. So I started to do it... Uh, I started with the sketches and then at some point when I, when I got, when the project got a little bit more serious, I said like, I, I had a Wacom Cintiq, Mm -hmm. but, um, as I said, I mostly work during nap times. (laughs) So whenever he closes his eyes, you never know when that's going to happen. Uh, I needed to have some flexibility. So I all, everywhere I go, I take the iPad Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the Wacom didn't fit that, uh, And this is iPad Pro with a pencil, right? It's an iPad Pro with a pencil, and it's such a great thing. Yeah. Michal. Yeah, I know. I love it. You have it as well? Yeah, not for drawing, but I, I love this thing so much. Um, the, the pencil is amazing. It's it amazing, huh? Works really well. Yeah. You use it for journaling, for writing, for... Uh... Just, no, just for interacting. It, it's it's better. It, it gives, I don't know, I feel more... Um, Flowing. flexible with it yeah it's and yeah. and it, it's i don't know I, I i really like it um especially the the new one it's oh my god it's so good yeah um. i agree <laughs> i agree and i think also because we you know before yeah like in my uh in my years as an architect you know i was so attached to this big computer on the table you know? yeah and photoshop illustrator and indesign yeah, yeah. okay and now let's open photoshop on like wait let's open illustrator and then wait you know yeah. it wasn't but with this thing you can really go so fast and i'm making the the commitment of saying okay i'm gonna try to do the whole book here what app do you use for that or which apps, if there are more? So I started to use Procreate. Lots of people use Procreate, uh, but that was not a good fit for me. I don't know if you've you've used it or you've tried no, it. No, I haven't or, heard of it. So um, Procreate is very, um, I think it's the most used for this type of work. But I'm more technical. Mm-hmm. As I, I, I was used to work with, you know, Illustrator, InDesign, Photoshop, and have these huge user interfaces yeah. around me <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um and uh, there's this app affinity designer oh yeah I know. and oh uh, and the thing that they're combining pixels with vectors yeah i think is brilliant really the the thing with affinity is um all of their products the first time you open it it's just overwhelming yes it does too many things and the user interface is very confusing yeah yeah, I agree. So that's my experience with Affinity. <laughs> I know it's very powerful, but I've like, I, uh, yeah, uh, too much for me, I guess. I think for me it was a, uh, you need to, you have this learning curve, which is very steep in the beginning. But um, at some point, I'm a, I'm a lot about simplifying, mm-hmm. right? And about, okay, how can I make more things more simple? You know, how can I achieve? And then I think with Affinity Designer, uh, I go to a point in which I, what I use, it's just like three, four things, you know, mm-hmm. they do the job, you know, and uh, at some point when, uh, when the built-in function in the iPad Pro recording screen uh, works, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to, yeah, I need, I need to share this mm-hmm. because, uh, it's not that complicated. It can seem very overwhelming in the beginning and very complicated. And I also think like I followed some tutorials of the app and they were also not very good <laughs> because they focus on teaching you the whole user interface, you know, and, I, and I'm more like, okay, do you want to do this? How do you do it? Let's do it. It's like teaching someone uh, Photoshop. Like it's impossible. Yeah. It's just, there are too many things. Like it's just, yeah. I want to do this. How do I do that? And there are like probably seven ways to do it in Photoshop, but just like learn one. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And for like storyline, do you use something um, as well or do you just have it in, in the notes? Uh, I do a lot of journaling uh, uh, when I work on the project, on, on the stories. Mm -hmm. So um, because I could be a storyboarding for ages, you know? Yeah. And at some point you need to make a decision, right? So I was uh, talking with this writer a friend of mine, and uh, he mentioned that, and I already journal for other, uh, you know, the parts of my life. Mm -hmm. So, and he was saying, I journal with myself and I just don't stop writing until, you know, I set a timer and, and that's the first thing that I do with the stories. So I set a timer and I said, okay, I'm not going to stop writing in 30 minutes and I'm going to talk about this, mm -hmm. right? And then if you just run out of, of ideas, You just write, I don't know what to write next, you know, like, tell me, <laughs> tell me, Ferus. <laughs> I talk with the characters and I say, Ferus, Ona, help me here. I don't know what to, to write about, you know, and then, but you keep the ideas flowing and dropping down into the page. So, uh, and I really like that way of working, you know, mm -hmm. because uh, somehow, uh, yeah, like uh, the project, it's, it's, it's been a, a great tool for self-development, mm -hmm. uh, as a person and uh, the, to change the relationship that I have with creativity. And you write that in a physical journal or do you type it in a iPad? Like I tried the iPad. Yeah. I tried uh, day one, right? Yeah, like, yeah that's uh, the one I use. And how is it for you? Oh, it's it's great, but I use it in a very different way than, than you do, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I, I follow the five minute journal basically i i added some things uh, now that i've i've doing it for like six months something like that oh nice yeah i'm i'm doing things i'm adding things i'm changing things the way um i like but it's for me it's very short uh -huh. like i just write down a couple of things in the morning couple of things in the evening yeah uh, but for you i guess it's a much more involved process so maybe like a physical journal is better for that for me it yeah Also because um, when I say journaling, it's not only writing, but it's also drawings, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, uh, sometimes it's more writing, sometimes it's more drawings, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, and that's the first thing that uh, that I need to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, it's funny now to read the. So I'm finishing now the first of the stories, and I want to publish it latest this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope, and um, and it's funny to read the first version of that, you know, and uh, to go back to that journal and to see the the draft and uh, and how they just uh, how they pop up, mm -hmm. and uh, it's uh, also because the thing with writing, I uh, I wrote before maybe something in, during my teenager as a, as a teenager, but uh, not as much as I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is something about the process that it's more about uh, showing up, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you just need to be there and do it, you know? And your personal journal, when did you start doing that actively? Uh, I started uh, during the pregnancy. Uh -huh. So when I got pregnant, I had this, uh, I had this need to, to put things down and... Uh, And you just write in a free form or do you follow some things? Do you, like, is there a certain thing you do every day or is it just completely free form? Uh, I'm getting to know myself a little bit better. <laughs> And uh, for me, it doesn't work uh, to say, uh, I think it did. Eh? But at some point I said, like, look, I cannot really follow a structure because I'm mm -hmm. not the same person every day. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And... Uh, And some days it's more a structure. So I have like a guide that if I want to dive deeper into a topic, I just follow that guide and it helps me to actually uncover what is maybe behind that. But uh, some days it's really free form. And the free form, um, most of the times, surprised me. And I like that part of journaling. In what way? So I say, okay, I'm going to start writing and I don't stop. And as I said, it's part of one book. The, uh, it's one of the exercises, the, the artist way. It's, uh, it's very famous, uh, mm -hmm. I think, right now. And um, 
And they say that uh, there is a way to uncover or to have to deepen the relationship that you have with creativity. And one of the exercises is that to do morning pages. They say you need to do it every day. And it is you wake up, you write three pages, and then you don't stop until you have those three pages. I cannot be that structured. And so I don't know. As you said, you do it very short, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you can do short every day, but uh, three pages every day with a baby. <laughs> uh, that didn't work. But it's true that the days that I can or the days that I feel that... And it is free form, completely free form. Yeah. Mm. So if you wake up, mm, you just get some water, you sit and then you write and then you can just write like anything that pops up. Yeah. And uh, the days that, I mean, it works for me. And actually, I don't think Zeros and Ona, like the stories and so on, could have appeared if I wouldn't have given them the the space, right? Yeah. I don't know if, do you make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I think it's also about just how shitty our memory is. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, you, if you write a journal, like even just going reading like uh, what happened a week ago or two weeks ago it's like what yes. that happened i completely forgot about that yeah um so yeah I, I guess it makes sense if you if you write things down then uh, it enables you to do something with that later and you can go back and see what was your state of mind at that time exactly and also i think when working on a project right like it is so important to actually to reflect and to see where you especially now I'm, I'm talking about work, right? About journaling, about work. Um, you, because you have insecurities, you know, or some of the days you were really feeling that that was the right thing to do, you know, both insecurities or affirmations, you know, you could see the both sides of it, you know, and then you just see that it's all a phase, right? It was a phase. Yeah. And then that was a feeling in that moment, but then some weeks, and then on the present day, you realize that whatever you're just feeling, you know, it's a phase, you know, mm -hmm. and it's always going to get better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's absolutely true. Um, but it, when you're in the moment, you don't have the full picture. You only have it like later. Yeah, exactly. Looking back. Exactly. And I guess it can like journaling can also be a um, meditative process if, if you write a lot. Um, mm -hmm. For me, it's like the one part of the uh, five-minute journal is a, a gratitude thing. So like every day I write down just three things that I'm grateful for, right? It's it's just three things. That's beautiful. But it's amazing what kind of an effect that can have. Just like to, yeah. to in the morning think about, huh, what are three things that I'm actually grateful for? And, and you start a day like with a smile. Yes. That you otherwise wouldn't. I think that's very beautiful. And I, I, I guess it's... Um, if it's free form, you can be even more of that. Also, do you see how you you learn about how do you talk to yourself? Mm -hmm. Which is, I think it's important to see that on a journal. Yeah. Oh, that day I was really being that bad friend. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, and then you reflect on that and you say, I need to, I need to talk to myself a little bit better <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah. Because, uh, and then it's it's a practice, right? Mm -hmm. So you do gratitude and uh, which are the steps that... The five-minute journal is um, really a simple thing. Um, in the morning, you have three things. So like three, like I mentioned, three things that you're grateful for, mm -hmm. um, three things that would make today great. So like three things that you're looking forward to mm -hmm. and like a daily affirmation, like, uh, I don't know. Um, a nice... Yeah, just just saying to yourself, prepping your your mind, um, and then at the at the end of the day, usually before bed, you have uh, two things that you write down, like uh, three amazing things that happened today, um, <laughs> yeah. which is incredible. Just every day thinking about oh, what was good that happened, and there are some things that are. Um, you almost forgot about it, even though in the in the moment when it happened, you were like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" Yeah. And then you forgot. But then at uh, at evening, when you're reflecting back, uh, you remember of that. So that's that's great. Yeah. And uh, I think what made the biggest change for my life mm -hmm. is the uh, second part, which is how could I make today better? Yeah. Um, so 
I think that sort of reflection um, for me makes even more sense that in, in the morning prepping the mind, but reflecting back and improving, I think um, even in this six months has made a huge change in, in my life. And I definitely see it. I, I observe it. And I like also other people have commented on that. So, yeah. More personal or more uh, work related stuff normally? Both. Both. Um, but more personal, I, I, I would say. Um, like I, I made more ch more changes in personal life than I did in my work life, but both. You know, also for us, uh, we do a similar way. But uh, so I... Uh, for a while, I've been doing also that, like to be grateful about several things and so. And now what uh, what we are doing some days, it's like I do it with my husband. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's becoming important for us because um, I'm getting to know him a bit better and to actually know what it was important for him. So imagine that he says that I'm grateful because the dinner was, you know, <laughs> and maybe I didn't think that dinner was so awesome, you know, like, but just the fact that he mentioned that, that one of the three things that he's grateful for that day, you know, like I said, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh, he finds this important. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or uh, uh, because sometimes, especially in a couple as well, right? Like it's, yeah, you you cannot be, you know, paying attention to the things that are actually important for the other person. Yeah, and you take things for granted. Yeah. Like there are there are things that you just say, oh, this is always there and, and you don't even think about it. It's just, um, yeah, it's dinner time, so dinner is there. But this forces you to actually reflect and think about, okay, so what was actually good that happened today? Yeah. Uh, even the things that like you expect to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. Some days we also we just would say, "Oh, we are grateful that we have a healthy baby," <laughs> because you take that for granted, right? Yeah, that's so. that's a it's a very important thing, especially when he doesn't sleep. You know, <laughs> it was important for us to sleep. <laughs> oh, he's healthy. He's healthy. So, oh, but I'm happy to hear that actually you're also doing that. You know, it means like more and more people. Uh, I think it's important for everyone. What prompted you to start? So you said you started in like when you were pregnant, but like why? Where did you hear about it or what was the thing that made you want to start journaling? I went to a yoga retreat in the summer before I got pregnant and a uh, lot of people there were journaling mm -hmm. a lot. And then everyone was uh, was saying so many great things about journaling, you know, and how it was actually helping them to... And then uh, the artist way, the book, uh, some people were also doing that. And so I started to do it and I thought, okay, uh, it's true that I'm not very happy of the, um, with the role that creativity plays in my life at the moment, because I can be very technical mm -hmm. in, you know, like very scientific, but at the same time, I also have that side of me, you could say more spiritual uh, uh, to call it uh, uh, in some way, but uh, so I uh, I needed to give it a try, you know, I thought like, okay, then if this is actually about creativity and journaling can help, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And things have started to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I understand completely. Yeah, it's in, it's incredible. Like even like yeah, you you do it more intense, but I literally spend less than five minutes per day on this. Yeah, uh, some days I do that. Uh, some days I only do that, or even I don't journal. Some days I'm like, oh, I don't want to journal today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if I would have the habit as you have of five minutes, you know, the, as a minimum. But uh, but yeah, and as I said, you know, for me the thing is like I didn't know how to journal. Yeah, because I. I'm also very structured. You know, I can be more, more structured. And the the idea of uh, just encouraging you just to drop your ideas on the page, whatever comes up, mm -hmm. uh, it was very, uh, how do you say, relieving. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, it was like someone giving me the permission to just, you know, be yourself there. And, yeah, yeah. you know, you don't have anything in your mind. You don't have anything in your mind. You know, that's fine. 
and um, yeah and there are so many journals now and and different techniques on how to do it and i I'm definitely think it's um like it's coming up in popularity because i know that um this is probably not nice of me but i know even like a couple of years ago if someone would say oh journaling i would say oh yeah that's something that teenagers do mm-hmm. um I wouldn't even think about it. But now you have things like, uh, yeah, like five-minute journal, like um, bullet journal, um, where yeah. which helps people be more productive. It doesn't work for me. I'm not that type of person. Uh, but I know for some people, like, it completely changed their life around uh, because of bullet journal and things like that. I tried it as well. It's also not for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think you can make... You, the problem with bullet journal, I think, or at least for myself, it's that it became a job in itself. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to maintain that, and uh, and again, it's like no, you are, you know, just put your creativity somewhere else. You know, like be <laughs> be messy, right? Like I have because I'm not a messy person at all, right? Like mm. so, for me, the whole journaling it's about being messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and for me it's it'd be like very structured very short and uh to the point yeah. uh, it's just what works for me i guess exactly it's what works for uh, uh but you get to know yourself that way as well right oh yeah it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. what do you need and uh and what is it that yeah but yeah like i agree with you because i didn't also journal like in uh i mean in my whole life i never journaled <laughs> yeah, i started yeah. like three years ago right? me neither yeah and um and before you would pick the phone, you know, and then you would talk with someone, you know, and now it's like, no, 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 let's journal first, <laughs> <laughs> you know, about this to actually figure out what's going on. And, um, but yeah, like, as you mentioned, like some years ago, you could have said, you know, like, and even like, uh, when, uh, when thinking about the podcast, uh, I said like, oh, should I bring up the journaling thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it's, uh. It's becoming very. Uh, it's becoming an important part uh, of the project. And, mm. uh, and how often do you read back what you wrote? Once a month, every two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, especially I like to look at the drawings that I make in the, you know, and then finally uh, see what the final image of of that page for the book is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I find that very uh, inspiring, right? I think we should creative people in general should show more of the messy <laughs> ugly <laughs> stuff <laughs> behind anything <laughs> that we do because um and to see actually how the people's uh, mind uh, work how the sausage is made exactly exactly <laughs> exactly so mm. uh, but yeah like the whole creativity thing you could even say that it's another of my parallel passions <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, creativity is such a weird thing to define like what it really is because yeah. on one hand everything is creative like unless you were uh, unless you're a robot yeah. like you uh, you're thinking about what you're doing yeah everything everything but it's it's also recognizing it as creativity right mm-hmm. which for years i was not able to you know to to do or to to know how to do it Right. Do you think your physical environment um, like affects your creativity? You you mentioned you're in Spain now, and you otherwise live in Amsterdam. So, uh, are you more creative in Spain? Mm, I need to work in a cafe, Mija. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I don't work in a cafe, pff, uh, especially for the drawings, huh? yeah, and uh, the writing and the. So uh, having people around me and uh, seeing life, it's uh, and I try to to do it in other places, but um, there is something about going into a cafe. Maybe it's also that, yeah, the, uh, that there you just there you know you get you need to get out of the house. You know you need to walk. Yeah, and uh, you're not in your pajamas. <laughs> 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 How is it for you? You work at home, or uh... yeah, I work at home. Yeah, sometimes in my pajamas. Um, <laughs> How is that for you? <laughs> oh, it's um, it's okay. Uh, Good. It, the the problem the, the only problem I have <laughs> is um, if if I 
encounter a bug or something that like I really want to fix. Uh-huh. And then I start fixing it and fixing, and then it's like it's uh, 1 p.m. and I'm still in my pajamas. Oh, it doesn't happen yeah. often, but it did happen. Um, yeah. It did happen before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing for me, it's like home uh, changed completely. The meaning of home changed completely since the baby is here. So I have the feeling that he took over. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so for me, it's very difficult to find peace at home. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And it's also one of the things about the iPad, you know, that you can just take it and then your office can be whatever, you know, for that day. Mm -hmm. It's like we go, we go to the library, we go to museums, we go to the zoo, you know, and he falls asleep and I find my office, the closest (laughs) cafe. (laughs) And then he's just like sleeping there. So I think that together with the journaling, in the sense like they are the two things that are setting the rhythm of the project as well. You know, it's like I only work during baby naps, you know, and then the journaling helps the project to slow down as well. Right. Yeah. So um, it's becoming a completely different way of working as I was used to, you know, because uh, I've always liked to do many, 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 many things, you mm-hmm. know, and getting things done, you know, yeah. and then let's try this and let's try this other thing. And I was really, you know, involved and very active. And um, it's uh, it's becoming a, it was a challenge in the beginning mm-hmm. to to stop and uh, and to say, hey, this is it, you know. Yeah, allow yourself to be creative. Yeah. And to, to give the space for it and, and, and to let the project grow and not be the one leading the project, mm-hmm. you know, but allowing the project to guide you. And, and that was something new for me. Yeah. You know, because if you had a deadline, you had a deadline, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then sometimes, yeah, it doesn't flow, you know, it happens, right? Yeah. So, um, and uh, and also another challenge for me was that uh, uh, I struggled a lot with uh, interruptions in my work, as many of us do, I think. <laughs> Maybe not that much if you're working remotely, <laughs> but uh, being interrupted. And then suddenly, well, they say you you get what you need, right? So this project, I think it's been the, the, the biggest... Uh, uh, yeah, I've been more interrupted. I haven't been more interrupted in my whole working life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, learning to appreciate these interruptions and uh, when he wakes up, you know, and time to close the iPad, you know, let's yeah. go back to play. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's a big, big thing. It's even beneficial for the project, I think, because sometimes I realize that maybe in my working life, I should have said, hey, close the iPad, wake up, <laughs> stand up, you know, uh, Back to play. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if people want to know more about the project. Yeah. You know, so, uh, well, uh, there is a mailing list and uh, uh, I started to send out uh, newsletters uh, telling also a little bit more about uh, the things behind the project and that maybe people don't see that much in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. social media which for me, it's becoming a little bit messy. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it's not the best way to to actually gather information that you really care about, right? I don't know if you have that feeling as well. It's weird. Social media is weird. Yeah. Sometimes it can be awesome and you're like, this is the best thing in the world. This yeah. is like the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes it can be just a cesspool of of people and stuff and sometimes it's both at the same time so what (laughs) happened to me about a week ago is like uh, elon musk replied to one of my tweets no way (laughs) yeah and immediately after uh and for the next two or three days i got a lot of replies just with people i don't know shitting over elon or tesla or whatever and and like it's fine and i'm like okay i'm just one person it will go away for me but how how is it for this really famous people that are just constantly bombarded with this stuff like i i don't know how they do it no i don't know how they do it either 
It must be so hard. Or maybe they just, uh, you know, move the account to someone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. But wow. <laughs> if Elon would do that, he wouldn't have to pay 40 million in, yes. in fees because he said stupid stuff on Twitter. Uh, That's right. Idiot. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. But at some point I said, you know, look, I really want to communicate with people in another way, mm -hmm. you know, and people that actually care about the projects and the, the ideas behind it and so on. Mm -hmm. Yes, join my mailing list and let's talk. I, and I never wanted to talk via email, right? Yeah. But there are some times that last the last newsletter I sent, and then you get back a reply from a father that actually would love to read those stories to a girl because maybe, you know, like he's having the same thing as I had as a little girl, you know, with computers and so on. And this father would like, and that's when actually things start to make sense, you know, like, and all the work that you're putting in there. I don't know. You could get that via uh, social media, I guess, but you're, your tweet or your post or your need to be in that precise moment that that person it's uh, it's becoming a little bit complicated yeah email email is much better tool for this yeah to actually have yeah like a uh, true and meaningful uh, conversations and where can people find this mailing list that i can put on the in the show notes yeah so it's on their website at serosanona.com uh, and um, also I would love to make videos about what I'm learning again about uh, the process of making a book and writing the story because the the knowledge is there, right? Like, mm -hmm. and it can be pretty hard, you know. And um, also, what we said, like, I'm even thinking about children that eventually are loving these stories, you know, and that they get to see how they are being made, and they actually, it's an option, you know, it's a career yeah. path, or it's yeah. like. Yeah. Mm, so yeah, the best way is to uh, to join their mailing list. But uh, of course, we love social media, and we are also <laughs> on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if you really uh, want to have a meaningful conversation, please uh, send me an email. <laughs> yeah, uh, on on this insightful note, um, what would be uh, three things that? Uh, made a like lasting impression on on your life and this can be books articles videos or whatever so um i would say um, maybe one related to creativity which is uh, one of the things that we talked about uh, one of the books that uh, had inspired me lately is uh, big magic from uh, elizabeth gilbert and uh, she talks a lot about what is creativity and what we discuss about that. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit hard to to define. Mm -hmm. And uh, another one would be um, also what we talk about computer science uh, and how to teach it. Uh, there is this web website, computerscienceunplugged.org. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know it. but No, no, I've never heard of it. It's a project, uh, open source, and uh, there you can find exercises to teach kids uh, the principles of computer science without using computers. Yeah, cool. And uh, there's a book that you can even buy and print. And uh, it's, uh, I like it. It's one of the, it's one of the things that uh, inspired uh, Zero Zanona mm -hmm, yeah. uh, from the very beginning. And um, I like um, a movie, Hidden Figures. Okay. So it's about um, uh, women working at NASA, facing uh, the difficulties in uh, in a world full of men. I, I, I watched that movie, but I, I didn't remember the title. Yeah. I really like that one. Uh, do you have anything else that you would uh, like to bring up? Mm. We talked a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I feel that I talked a lot. <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> no, no, that's that's the that's the point of the podcast. Like thank you so much, Miriam, for being a guest. Uh, thank you, Miha. It, this has been super fun. It was great talking to you. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> enjoy enjoy Spain and uh, Yes, thank you. Oh, and thank you very much for the work that you're doing. Like because I think 
really creating this podcast uh, gives us space that, uh, yeah, sometimes it can be a little bit hard to find, right? Outside in in the outside world, you know, to actually sit down and with a cup of tea and and talk and dive deeper. Yeah, I, I think we don't do this enough. Just sit down and talk with people. Yes, we should do that more. We should do that more. Yeah, and I really loved it. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, this was my interview with Miriam. I would love if you would share this podcast with your friends and followings. Send them a message, tweet it out, or write a Facebook post. You want them to listen to a good podcast, right? If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you would truly make my day if you post a review there. I get direct messages, but no one else sees those. Reviews are there for everyone to see, and they help other people discover good shows, like, you know, this one. If you use a different app, like Breaker, Overcast, or anything else that supports liking or favoriting, I'd appreciate your action there as well. You can also financially support this podcast. I know that right now you're probably running, driving, walking a dog, or doing dishes. But when you come back to your computer and your hands have dried, I invite you to go to patreon.com slash That's patreon.com slash P-A-R-P-A-S-P-O-D. Or open the show notes and follow the Patreon link there. Thank you. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are at PerpassPod on all of them. All the links from this episode are in the show notes and on our website, parallelpassion.com slash 26. Thank you for listening and have a passionate day. And I'm not used to talk that much and uh, to actually having someone listening. <laughs>